What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. We have our first little bit of delay, but a true post-game show of the season. The Dodgers, they kick off their Cactus League play today with a 14-1 blowout win of the San Diego Padres. Joe Musgrove, he struggled mildly. He gets destroyed by the Dodgers. And of course, of course, I'm joined by my friend, Mr. Noah Cameron. You know him as an esteemed Dodgers expert, of course, one of the Big elite riders in the game. What up, uh, Mr. Noah Gamers? What a fun day. I mean, what a fun day we were at. Peoria Sports Complex today, not at Campbellback Ranch. Well, we started the day at Campbellback Ranch. Ended the day at Peoria Sports Complex to watch the Dodgers beat down the San Diego Padres. Was it 14 1, 16 1, 18-1, 20-1? I don't even remember what the score was at this point. It was a lot to a little. It was a ton of fun. And the Dodgers are 1-0 in the 2024 year. Obviously. Just spring training, just cactus league. But hey, you can't really get off to a much better start than a 14 to 1 opening cactus league game. Right? You can't. You can't. And baseball's back. And that's the it's biggest back. thing. You got to have that first see. game. And like I said, the first game we start with Joe Musgrove. This is the Padres' opening day starter. He was downright awful. And they're going to see him in Seoul. And yeah, I mean, he didn't retire anyone. He faced four batters. He wasn't able to retire any of them. He gave him a walk, a single. He hit a bat. He loaded the bases. And then Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, that would be a splash acquisition. That would be a for splash. For most teams. And it for would. the Dodgers, kind of gets buried. It does. It gets buried. It does. And look, I mean, I think that it's just a small small hit. I mean, we're not going to remember it, but as in the grand scheme of things. But still, I think that for any Dodgers fans that aren't excited about the acquisition of Teoscar Hernandez, you absolutely should be. I think most Dodgers fans are excited about that acquisition. And he's someone that – he's a professional – Hitter. He's a raker. He is someone that destroys left-handed pitching, and we saw what you want to see out of him, and that is extra base hits. That is slugging. That's what you're going to get from Teoscar Hernandez for the course of the season. But you know what? You know what no one had on their bingo card? No one had the very first home run of the Dodgers season. Of the Dodgers season. Kevin Padlow. Kevin Padlow. Now, Kevin Padlow. Where was he last year? Well, I mean, you saw him on the Angels, right? With yeah. Three games. Like you said Salt Lake Bees. Yeah, Salt Lake Bees with the Salt Lake Bees for a little bit. But yeah, he's someone that, he's been a journeyman. He's been someone that's been at the minor league level, but you saw him flash that power. And I think it was really cool to see him have some success and get the Dodgers going. I mean, you talk about the offseason they had, and yeah, of course, you're going to get a lot of minor league players playing and a lot of guys that aren't going to have a chance to make the big league roster, especially early on during spring training. But for Kevin Palo to get things kicked off, the Dodgers get eight runs there in the first frame. Kevin Powell is a big reason why. Yeah, they had four two-run hits. You know, you had the Teoscar Hernandez two-run hit. You had the Andy Pajes two-run hit. You had the I'm a missing one in my head right now. And then you had the Kevin Padlow two-run hit. Maybe Chris Owings, I think, had the two-run hit. I mean, it was just back-to-back-to-back-to-back, almost two-run hits. It was so much fun for the Dodgers. It was so much fun for Dodger fans. You know, from the press box, I was hearing Let's Go Dodgers chants over and over and over again in Peora in a road game, so to speak, in the Padres Stadium. It was so much fun. It was great to see the guys clicking early. You know, the first four guys in the lineup, those are guys who are going to be in the everyday lineup. That's Mookie Betts. That's Chris Taylor, maybe in the everyday lineup. That's James Outman. That's... Fourth one, Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, these guys were going to be in this everyday lineup. And to see them clicking early, getting walks, getting on base, you know, the hit by pitch, the long at bat, and then Teoscar Hernandez coming through with the bases loaded. I mean, he's going to be big for them in a run producing role. I mean, you're the one who kind of asked Dave yesterday, I believe, was, hey, is Teoscar going to be maybe in that cleanup spot? And Dave said, yeah, I don't know. He's going to be in the middle of the order. Well, he came through in the cleanup spot today, bases loaded, nobody out. So 
that's a great sign to maybe get him in the cleanup spot as the year goes on. But yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, just a great start to the year. And pitching wise, too, I mean, Gavin Stone looked great. Michael Grove looked great. The only one who didn't look very great, our friend Alex Vesio, we can talk about it a little bit later. But, you know, all of a sudden, really fun. Really quick, Christian Terry said, Y'all going to Korea? This man right here is going to be in Korea for the Korea series. Starts March 20th and 21st. He'll be there a week early for all the coverage. So stay tuned on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Absolutely. We'll be in Seoul, Korea. We'll be covering that entire series wall to wall. But getting back to this game, it's kind of the takeaways of that first inning is a lot of aggressive at-bats. I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, that was on the first pitch. You mentioned Chris Owens. That Owens, that was on the first pitch. They jumped all over Joe Musgrove. And, yes, it's easy to say, okay, we have this stacked lineup with a lot of experienced players, a lot of all-star talent, a lot of future Hall of Famers. But baseball is a sport where anything can happen. You need depth. And there's guys there. Look, I've said that Chris Owens is going to be like the AAA Chris Taylor. He's a guy that has versatility. You saw what he has the potential to do with the bat. And then how about Andy Pajes? Awesome story. He singled another guy first pitch. And he singled to right. Gavin Lux scored on the plate. That made it 6-0 Dodgers. And Andy Pies is someone, prodigious power, yeah. has an absolute cannon former, of an arm. Former top prospect in the Dodgers organization as recently as last year. Yeah, Andy And then he gets hurt, tears his labrum, misses from June on. He had just been called up to AAA, and then he misses the rest of the season. So you kind of forget about him. And now here he is, fully healthy. And yeah, he looked great. He looked great. He really did. I think that it's good for these young players to have success early on. It allows them to use this spring training as training grounds, as a way to impress the Dodgers front office, the Dodgers brass, Dave Roberts, everyone involved. And really, like, they use it as a barometer. And I think that, yes, we know what the offense is capable of doing. We know Joe Musgrove is probably not going to get shelled like that every single start. But to me, the story of today is two big stories. The two yeah. biggest stories. Number one, Gavin Lux. Yeah. Gavin oh, Lux beautiful. making his return almost a year to the day when he not only tore his LCO, tore his ACL. Also, he severely hurt his hamstring. The, the, the triple crown of injuries right there. Absolutely. And it's the last thing you want to see for a or guy that's trying to be a shortstop, a guy that's playing a position that requires a lot of quick twitch, a lot of athleticism. And for him just to make it back, it didn't matter if he went 0 for 4, 0 for 5, and struggled. Just the fact that he was back out on that field, like he said after the game, being a baseball player again. And just a road back. Look, Gavin Lux is someone that has been through a lot as a player, really. I mean, he's faced a lot of adversity. He's never had that true opportunity to say, look, I'm going to get this opportunity, stay healthy, get that runway that he needs. And look, the Dodgers, it says a lot about Gavin Lux and how much they believe in him and the fact that they're using him for a position that's one of the premium positions in all sports for a team that is in full win-now mode that just – Commit over a billion dollars. They're saying, you know what? We're going to give you the keys to the shortstop position. And it says a lot about him. Now, like I said, just seeing him back out there on the field, I'll never forget this time last year. Just seeing him on the cart, how dejected he was. Some injuries, it happens, and then you freak out, and then you hear, okay, it wasn't as bad as it was. I think every single person at that field in that ballpark last season knew that it was a very severe injury, and it turned out that it was. So to see him back, and not only that, he ends up going one for three today, one for, one for two today, ended up getting that walk, right? Three at bats. But he goes one for two and he scores a run. Scores a run. I think you're going to see bases a, little bit. a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot of that. And Matt Suey, by the way, is pretty nasty. Yeah, he had immaculate yeah. inning. Yeah, he did. Padres, he did. Immaculate. Really impressive. He's going to be good. Gavin Luck commented on him today. But yeah, speaking of that, Gavin Luck, kind of the trust and the giving him the keys to the shortstop. I think back to last offseason, pre Gavin Luck's injury, 
there are four superstar shortstops on the free agent market. Trey Turner, you know, the Dodgers free agent, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson. The Dodgers elect not to get any of them, not even get really involved in any of them. Give the keys to Gavin Lux. He gets hurt. They easily could have traded for Willie Adamas. They easily could have made a move like that. No, no, no. They stick with it. They kind of do a makeshift catcher position between Miguel Rojas, you know, Chris Taylor, a little bit of Mookie Betts. And now this year they come back and same thing. Full confidence in Gavin Lux. You know, we want to see what he can do. He gave up as a shortstop. He gets moved to second base because of Corey Seager and Trey Turner. Now he's back at that position. And, you know, they've stuck with him. Whether it was the offseason, whether it was the injury, no matter what it was, the Dodgers wanted him to be their shortstop. This is his chance to do it. This was, in my opinion, the last really mental hurdle right here. We got a little friend friend of the show right here calling me. We're going to talk to him after. But this is kind of the last mental hurdle for him to get, especially on this field. I mean, he kind of said, you know, like this field, and he feel nice to be back in a game. But this field, I mean, this is where it happened. Rounding second to third, he makes that step. He was right back there today, rounding second, hitting third on the ground rule double. I mean, he it must be feeling really good for him. He said it felt really good. And he had a nice little smile on his face when he was kind of talking to the media after the game. And you just got to feel so happy for him that he's back, he's doing it. And let's hope for a really big year for Gavin Lux. Yeah, for sure. He just got a little behind the scenes. I mean, just after the game, seeing Gavin Lux and him talking to the media. And one thing he was asked about was his bounce back in the recovery. He said that most days, 95% of the days, he feels good. Some days he feels a little sore, and it's not going to be overnight where he's going to feel 100%. I still believe that Miguel Rojas is going to have a significant role in this yeah, team. I think he's going to get some opportunities against left-handed pitching. I think Chris Taylor is going to get opportunities against left-handed pitching. We saw Chris Taylor at shortstop today. So, look, they're not going to just thrust him into a situation and say, okay, go play 150 games at shortstop. They are going to manage him and monitor him. And it's not like Walker Buehler where he's – under one more year of team control, and then he's going to be gone. He's someone that's under team control for multiple seasons, and you get value at that position. Having said all that, look, this isn't a show where I'm Mr. Homer Simpson, right? This yeah. is a show that, look, you guys know I keep it a buck, and you're going to see a lot of warm. It a keep it a buck. Keep it 100 with you guys. You're going to see a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings about Gavin Lux, and look, I hope he succeeds. I'm, like I said, I've been the conductor of the Gavin Lux hype train. I hope he does it, but we still need to prove it. And anyone out there who's just blindly saying, oh, he's going to be a average to above average defensive shortstop without seeing it is just, look, hope is not a strategy, okay? And the truth of the matter is in 2021, arm strength. Eighth percentile, right? 79.4 miles per hour. That was 47 out of 51 shortstop. So I want to see him make the throws. He's capable of it. He's worked a lot on it. I need to see it. Then you look at just defensively overall, he was minus four outs above average Cloud in 59 <laughs> games. So he was below average defensively, but we're talking about three years ago, right? Yeah, we're talking about a guy that has put himself in a position to take over that position. And like I said, I don't care if it's if average to me means that he's succeeded in doing the job. Then we're going to see how it all plays out. But look, there's a lot of warm and fuzzies because baseball's back, because of Otan, because of everything. I still think one of my big concerns, left side of the infield, the defense with Gavin Lux, with Max Muncy, because everyone's always in the best shape of their life. Everyone's always ready to have the best season of their career in February. But baseball comes at you fast. And we're going to see how he can handle it. I think he can do it. I have all the confidence in the world that he has the potential to do it. But until I see it for an extended period of time, and he stays healthy, I'm still going to say that 
the long-term solution at shortstop is still a major question for this organization. Now, the second big – we'll talk some more Lux, too. Let's get in the comments. Yeah, too. I'm going to get – let me yeah. just – let me start. Comments. Let me grab some. Let's I got some top. water. The, the sun is different the, here. The sun's different there. It's I've hot. had 15 chapsticks. Doug has 15 chapsticks, 30 waters, like never enough. We're having a great time. Okay, let's get to the comments. Guillermo Medina said, shutting those pesky Padres. Yeah, that's what the Dodgers did, 14-1. We got Showtime LA said, Dodgers should re-sign Tio. He's already a fan fake. Yeah, Tio's going to make his bag in free agency. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, we got Christian Terry said, yeah, the chemistry looks amazing. Yes, it did. They look like having a lot of fun today. We got uh, NSA. You guys drunk yet? If not, why not? Hello, DMAC, Noah, and D-Nation. We're drunk on the Dodgers right now. We're drunk on a very fun 14-1 game. Let's keep going. Carnivorous Lunar Activity says, hello, Dodger Nation. What's up, Carnivorous Lunar Activity? What else we got going on here? We said, Diane Troder said, hello, Dodgers Nation. What is up, Diane? Yang Yi said, we need Tio to cheat Spanish to Otani. He's already started doing that. Um, we'll get a few more here, and then we'll keep on moving. Michael, you said, I liked how Pa has looked. Yeah, we talked about Andrew Pa's a little. Looked really good in his first game in a long time since last June. <laughs> Another little joke here from Yang Yi said, Barnes is in midseason form. Yeah, definitely some jokes on that Austin Barnes strike, but hey, it's spring training. The fact that they got eight runs was impressive enough. Um, got a question here from Yongi Lenser in a second. A um, few more things here. We got Alex excited to see Gavin continue to get better throughout the season. That's big. Lance Jennings said Lux is back. There will be plenty of time to update the yes, bruh yes. meme. We got a lot of great comments here. We got a question here from Yong Yi. Said, can you trust Vesia? I don't know if that's where you were going with your next takeaway, but can you talk about it? I mean, we can talk a little Vessia. So you saw Vessia today give the the bomb to Cronenworth. Lefty. Not, not not a good sign for your lefty. Give it a home run okay. against a lefty Cronenworth. I mean, look, here's the thing with Alex Faye. It doesn't even really matter if it's a lefty or a righty yeah, you, at you, the plate. You want to the ball in the ballpark. If you, <laughs> if you leave fastballs in the middle of the zone high, he doesn't have the velocity that's going to intimidate you, blow past you. He's someone that his fastball, it plays up more than the velocity. If he's hitting 93, 94 – has some run, has a couple planes that he works through. But for him, he has to paint the corners. He has to be able to hit that slider back foot and just being able to stay consistent with his mechanics. And for him, that's what he's talked about, staying relaxed, hitting those mechanics. But I would say, can you trust Alex Vesia? I think it depends what version of Alex Vesia you're getting because to start the season, Vesia struggled mightily. Towards the end of the season, after the All-Star break, he was one of the better relievers for the Dodgers. Now, it just kind of makes you wonder if you're deep into a postseason series, if you're in the NLCS, if you're in the World Series, and he's the only dependable lefty that you have, well, it just depends on the current streak that he's on. Now, he definitely has the talent. He definitely does have the talent. I will say, though, I will say, though, that you, I spoke to Ryan Brazier today, and yep. Ryan Brazier talked to me about just not only learning that cutter, what that did as far as just unlocking some late career potential for him. But it was his success that he had against lefties. And Ryan Brazier, he can get out lefties. Blake Trinan, who the organization is extremely, extremely high on, and they think he's going to come back and be a contributor this year. With the Dodgers, lefties are hitting 151 against Ooh. Blake Trinan. So you got Bruce Dark Rattle. You have Evan Phillips. And I, look, I just look, Alex Vesia, we're going to be able to solve that problem before the postseason. You're going to have a long sample size of him. He has options, right? So he's going to be just fine. But here we go. We, we got, got great news from Diane Schroeder. A little $10 super chat. So this is for your water fund or beer. We're going water because it's really hot in Arizona. you got to stay hydrated. Thank you so much, Diane, for watching. Thanks so much for 
little super chat. Thank you so much for all you guys for being in the stream tonight. We're having a lot of fun. This hey, is a Diane, day. save water, drink beer. That's what I say. Well, I think we should drink water because it's a little hot. Okay. We want to stay hydrated. It's late. Give me a Modelo. Give me a Pacifico. We don't, we don't have that. Give our, me, a, our, our fridge give me the finest beer, natural ice, champagne. Up here. No, that's a uh, Budweiser. But yeah, let's just get water, though. Yeah, let's yeah. get back to this. Yeah, yeah let's, let's just read some more of these comments here, guys, <laughs> because you guys are going off. We appreciate you rocking with us here on Dodgers Dugout Live. A little late night post game show edition. Of course, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the exit Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And then, hey, go give this man a follow to Dodgers fans, creeping, Mr. Creeping Noah Cameras. Creeping to 6,000. K. We're eight away. Eight away from six K. Hashtag eight away from six K. Hashtag eight away. Hashtag eight the away. Dodgers got eight runs in the first inning. So I need one follow. There we go. By the way, BC. Is this what I think it is? Is that is that a dab emoji? No, that's like this. This is my question. It's like a huh? Are you sure? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like thinking. Like, no, no, I, I think it's dab. What? It looks like. First a dab. of all, don't do it. Okay, the dab. Okay, first yeah. of all, dab. Hey, twenty fourteen. Call. They want the dad okay, back. Yeah. Okay. No, but no, you're for sure. For sure. But uh, uh, DMAC, don't pull Dave Roberts and beat around the bush. Call it the way it is. Vesey has had plenty of leash to prove himself. LFG DMAC, my man, SoCal Red 16, a day one of all day ones. Appreciate it. He was with the show when we first started doing it. I mean, I, way a back day in the one. day. A day one. The ultimate day one. Appreciate you, Mr. SoCal Red 16. Lance Jennings. Will the new rule change on the pitch clock come into play with our pitchers? I mean, you talk about Alex Vesey, someone who's done I mean, he looked, with the he looked adjustment. Through his eye last year. He did. He said it was going to be an adjustment. He looked me in the so, eye. Um, is Vesia an Italian name? Reminds me of Super Mario. Look, <laughs> he does. I mean, he does. Uh, he does. But I mean, no. What do you think about Alex Vesey, though? I mean, with Vesia, you know, there were a lot of ups and downs last year. Really started off not very strong at all. Really struggled with the pitch clock. Got better as time went on. But he was never really someone I think Dodger fans could really trust in any situation, especially the higher leverage one. Obviously, right now, in terms of lefties in the pen, not great options. But yeah, like you said, they got righties who can get lefties out. It's not all about the lefty-lefty matchups. But yeah, I mean, Alex Vesia, definitely not the start you wanted to see. But again... It's game one of spring training. There's a long way to go. If anyone has to be nervous about a pitcher, it's the Padre side. And, and here's the thing. Else. Here's the thing about Alex Vesia. Last year, I'm looking it up, spring training, Alex Vesia, a 7-5 ERA during spring training. Well, he has a, what, a 9 right now, so he's right on pace. He's, he struggled. He struggled during spring training. We're at the beginning of July last season. He had a 7-58 ERA in 19 innings, right? Yeah, so we're talking about an ERA north of 7 during spring training. And he already close to eight for the first part of the season. Yeah, he ended up going down and up multiple times. Down and up a couple of times, but then down the stretch, after the All-Star break, a 254 ERA in yep. 28 to thirds innings, had 30 punches, five walks, opponents hit 168 against him. So that's Figured after the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, a 361 batting average again. So look, we can tell we can hate on Alex Vesey all we want. I mean, you guys can. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not here defending the guy. We, we don't but if people want nice to guy. say Alex Vesey is bad, we've seen this story before. Isn't strong to start the season, figures things out, and becomes a dependable lights-out left-handed reliever during the course of the season. But guess what? Dodgers fans. Let me uh, – I'll look right into the camera. Oh, we got a dab. We got, we got a dab emoji. So that is a dab emoji. No, this one is – the other one was the question. Roy Estrada oh. did a dab. That's a dab. 
Yeah. Sorry, you were about to look into the camera. I just camera. found out about the dad. You were about to, first of all, no. Like you about to look into the camera for like this I just massive about the, moment. I just, I just like completely killed the vibe. Can we like, can we go back? The best yeah? Like rewind, like, I'm going to look into the camera. Okay, go. go have, oh, your, have your moment. I'm looking at the, well, it's not. Have your moment. Give me, where's camera one? Let me get out of this. Is that camera one? Let me get out of this. No, have, have, have your moment. Look, if you want to stress about Alex Vesia, all you have to do is remind yourself this. Do you think that Andrew Friedman went out there and signed Shohei Otani, signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto, traded for Tyler Glass, now gave him an extension, signed Talos Hernandez, brought back Ryan Brazier, Jason Hayward, and Joe Kelly, and all these pieces they brought back and signed and traded for. Do you really think that he made all those moves to have Alex Vesia mess up a potential World Series winning team? No. So either Alex Vesia proves to them that he can get the job done and be a part of this bullpen and be an asset and be a weapon, or they're going to go out there and address it via trade. If there is a position, if there is a position group that during the season you can find guys and have them be of value without having to forfeit a lot of prospect capital, it is the reliever position we talk about on this show quite a bit. Tanner Scott is still my guy of the Miami Marlins. I've been pounding my fist on the table, screaming from the highest mountaintop there is that I want to see Tanner Scott as a Dodger potentially. So maybe they do go that route. But like I said, you don't need to lose sleep about that. Okay, they're going to figure things out. But uh, you fired. You can uh, no cameras. You can re the frame. That was hurting my back. Actually, it was a little. I was I was lonely up here. No, my my back was starting to hurt. I was I'm lonely up here. I wanted you to have your moment as a fire. Yeah, fire take. I mean. I had to, I can't believe I had to go single camera just to. I, you, had, you, had to you had to go to the top, one shot. Top, uh, you had to talk to the Dodger fans. Uh, Justin Wilson is the answer from Young Yi. Also, yeah. I talked to Matt Gage. You spoke to him today. today. You to him, yeah. Matt Gage, this is a great dude. Matt Gage has played for sixteen teams. Sixteen teams. Sixteen teams. How old is he? Independent leagues. <laughs> the Diablos. The Mexican leagues. Jesus. I mean, this is someone I asked him. You know, what I asked. Him? I was like, hey, last question draft. Whatever I talked to him, I was like, hey, man. A lot of players complain about that Dodgers jersey. He's like, I'm just happy to be having a major league jersey on. Nice right? So nice let's just uh, not forget. Let's put things into perspective. That it doesn't matter what that jersey looks like. It's special these players to be playing at this level. So they're going to be able to find guys. Gage, I think, is sneaky, sneaky. Uh, I think that really is one of the big stories. And the other big story today, Gavin Stone. Yeah, man, he looked good. Gavin Stone. It's the day of Gavin's today. Dave Gavin's. It was. That's the story. The, the, the story spring training. Day of Gavin. The Gavin Stone, I thought that he looked crisp, he looked comfortable, he looked confident. And I think that there's such a big difference from year one to year two. I spoke to Gavin Stone about this during Dodgers Fest, about how much more relaxed you feel heading into this season. And basically what he told me was, look, it's a massive weight off your shoulder when you just make that debut. Yeah, 100%. Look, it was against the Phillies. Just Good wasn't team. his best game, right? Was his best start to just begin his big league career next month he did hit a walk-off grand slam against craig oh, crumble which is freaking oh, awesome but the most important thing is he learned a lot from last season he ended up going one inning today and he had one strikeout and fernando he tatis. struck out fernando tatis and i think if you look at that at bat what really stands out what i think is something that is very encouraging and hopefully it's a sign of things to come is just look at the attack plan in that at bat when you saw gavin Stone struggle against the Phillies, against Tampa Bay, against the Braves, he was relying too much on north and south. He wasn't getting strike one, forcing fastball, and the changeup. Those are pitches that you want to use. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To strike guys out when you have two strikes, right? Those aren't your strike one pitches, right? You want the cutter, you want the sinker, you want the east and west. That's what I talked to Dave Roberts about today is that east and west. So you're working the different quadrants, you're keeping hitters off balance, they're not sitting on your changer, they're not sitting on your fastball. And I'm telling you, Gavin Stone's going to be a dude. Gavin Stone is going to be a rock for this rotation. Maybe not this year, but... Gavin Stone. Oh, that, that was Locked. unintentional. Yeah, it wasn't. That was unintentional. It I promise I, you. We, we all heard it. Everyone smashed that like that button. That was unintentional. No, no, no. Smash that like button for the stone rock pun. We all know it was intentional. Everyone smashed that like button. Look, that was like, had a rocky start. No. Okay. But look, no, the thing about Gavin Stone, though, but in all. In all <laughs> you're serious like that I hate one. This either. Watch when it yells well, at me. That, that's what you get for making that uh, joke. But the thing about Gavin Stone, I will say, though, is one thing that really stood out to me after the game that he told reporters is. He had a blister that yeah, impacted him early on on his foot that prevented him from pushing off. And in Major League Baseball, it's tough enough when you're the top prospect in the sport to go out there and have success early on. If you're not at 100% and you're trying to make it in this league to try to get out big league hitters, well, what's going on? Yeah, I know what a lot. Hey, cut, turn that down. What's All going right. on up there? Well, maybe a honeymoon. Maybe a little honeymoon just, upstairs, but it's Gavin. loud upstairs. Okay, let's go back to the Gavin. But, but the thing about Gavin Stone, like I said, is if you're not at 100%, of course, you're a warrior, right? You're not going mean, to turn down the opportunity to make your big league debut, but it's not an excuse. And like I always say on the show, I don't give excuses. I just offer explanations. And I do think that it's a small explanation. That combined with the simplified pitch mix, not having a third pitch aside from that changeup in that four-seam fastball, going back to that, getting confidence as the year went along, just kind of a humbling experience. And I think that it was a good reset for him and he just feels like he's ready to hit the ground running in year two, make some noise. Yeah, the I mean, according to the radar gun over at uh, Peora, he was hitting 96 on the fastball. That changeup, you guys saw it against Fernando Tatis, absolutely filthy. Let me put you on the spot a little bit. Obviously, I mean, yeah, they love that. Obviously, Gavin Stone, very small chance he cracks the opening day rotation, if any chance at all. Something's going on up here. What kind of do you envision him? Do you think he could have a big impact in the rotation? Obviously, uh, potentially injury riddle rotation at some point in the year like where do you kind of envision him fitting in and do you think like he could have upwards of eight starts at some point this year i absolutely do i think that he'll be the first guy that gets an opportunity just like last year yeah. right and we know that everyone feels healthy that on paper you have death but, but we know that in the blink of an eye yeah. just like that you're going to call upon one of these guys I, mean, I think gavin stone's the guy that one how about this too a lot of guys Look, you're not going to improve that much. Like Michael Bush was not going to improve that much at the AAA level, right? But Gavin Stone is someone that could benefit from some early dominant starts, continue to refine and master his mechanics and his mix and get everything down to the point that when he does get that opportunity, he'll be able to have success early on. I think that'll springboard him to being someone they can count on. Because what the one thing you can't have if you're Gavin Stone is – Get up and get an opportunity too early when you're not ready, which I think he's ready now. Yeah. But I just think that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I don't think that he's going to be heartbroken if he doesn't make that opening day. I don't think you expect it to there's, make there's it. No, there's no world for I don't think it yeah. I mean, the only way he makes his injuries, I don't think it makes sense. But what, how about him. this, though? Because he was dominant last season during – it wasn't – I mean, like, he was really, really good. I don't want to use the word dominant. That's a hard word. He was, he was really, really good during spring last year, right? 
look, so, look, we saw James Alban and a lot of that had to do with the injury to Gavin Lux. But look, it, he can. I'm not saying he can force his way onto this roster, but he can make them have a difficult decision to make at some point. I think that that's where he's at. But and I think I, mean, I think the most important thing for him is just going to be consistent starts. So you know, if Paxton's healthy, if Glasnow's obviously healthy, if Bobby Miller and the Chief, all those guys are healthy, like. Yeah, he's going to start in AAA, but if he's starting every fifth day and getting those consistent starts, he'll be ready to go. When I mean, yeah, Paxton threw, what, 90-something innings last year. Uh, Glasnow threw 120. Uh, Bobby Miller threw, what, 128. I mean, it's not like these guys are throwing 180 innings. So there's going to be more than enough starts to be made. And like you said, these guys are going to be gonna get their opportunities. Yeah, he's going to have his opportunities. He's going to make the most of them. And, yeah, you kind of hope that he does what Bobby Miller did last year and come up and make it way too difficult for the Dodgers to send him back down. When Bobby Miller comes up, he pitches out of his mind, and the Dodgers say, we can't send this guy down. If Gavin Stone gets an opportunity after making, let's just say, five starts in AAA, and he pitches the lights out, the Dodgers are going to say, okay, you know, Gavin Stone, prioritizing him is more important than prioritizing James Paxton starts, because James Paxton's on a one-year deal with only a $7 million guarantee. So yeah. why don't, if Gavin Stone's pitching the lights out, five inning one run, five inning two run, Let's keep him going. Let's ramp him up. And this guy can be one of these, you know, building blocks of the future in this rotation. So I think it's going to be one of those things where he comes up at some point and you, you want to do what Bobby Miller did and force your way onto that team. Yeah, and opportunity is going to present itself based on how the rotation is constructed. Because, look, if we never see Gavin Stone this year, one, I'd be shocked. But two, so that means everyone stayed healthy. <laughs> means everyone stayed healthy. And it was Which a good problem to have. Thing. But it's also unlikely. And even if everyone does stay healthy, you don't want – Glass now throwing 200 innings. You don't want the first year of a five-year deal. (laughs) Look with his injury history. I mean, 120 innings is his career high. 21 starts, right? Guys like Bobby Miller. Yes, the bubble wrap is off. The kid gloves are off. But still, this team has their mind not only on October and getting pitchers fresh to get there so they can carry that load in October, but also the development factor. You need to develop. You cannot stress this enough. That if you want to sustain winning with Shohei Otani, you are not going to be able to build your roster just through trades, just through free agency. You are going to need to have a pipeline of homegrown talent that you trust. James Altman having a good to great year is pivotal. Him not taking a step back, I should say, is pivotal. If he played the exact same way he did last season, it would be a great year for what the Dodgers need out of him. Gavin Lux, guys like Bobby Miller. Those types are going to determine whether or not the Dodgers in years five and six with Otani are going to be able to keep contending or if they're going to just you know front load this with Otani and then have some lean years. Because look, Mookie, Freddie, every year they're still in their primes. They're not getting any younger, right? you got to still really take advantage of that. But I think, yeah, it was very important. I think Michael Grove also looked really good too. Yeah, Michael really Grove. solid second inning from Grove. And then, yeah, again, I mean, to be fair, every pitcher looked really solid outside of Vesia. I mean, there was a lot of shutdown innings, eight shutout innings from the Dodgers, aside from the one from Vesia. I know you have a guy who you want to talk about who looked really sharp. You even asked Mr. Doc Roberts about it after the game. I mean, leave the floor to you to talk about your boy. Ricky Venasco. Remember the name. If you don't know, now you know. Write it down, take a picture, do whatever you got to do, but familiarize yourself with a Mr. Ricky Venasco. And Ricky Venasco is someone who was a starter, didn't quite work out, but then he found success as a reliever. And look, we know that 99% of the time, relievers are failed starting pitchers, right? So it's not a bad thing by any stretch. I think Michael Grove could be an example one yeah, day, right? Look better but, last year as a reliever. Look much better. Lost was up, better role for him, but 
with Ricky Venasco, what Doc told me after the game was, if he throws strikes, his stuff plays in the zone. Yep. And that's what separates good relievers from great relievers. When you're good, it's okay. The catcher's mid is there. I got to hit my spot. I have to execute my pitches to a T to avoid big innings, to avoid mistakes. When you're someone like a Ricky Venasco and you throw strikes and you have filthy stuff that can challenge hitters in the zone, that's what plays up. Because eventually when you're in the postseason, you're facing teams like the Braves, like the Diamondbacks for some reason <laughs> this past year, like the Padres. I mean, teams that have good offenses that aren't afraid to attack hitters and pitchers, right? So having a, a Ricky Venasco is someone that, look, I think that I think that was really the big story. And look, we talk about Otani all day long, but there's not really much to talk about as far as spring training. Guess what? Newsflash, he's going to play during spring training. He's going to start in Seoul. He's going to hit a crap load of home runs this season, a crap load of doubles, okay? He's going to be a phenomenal player. But I think the margins for this team are going to determine, are they a 100-win team or are they a 111-win team? Or are they what Hanser Alberto said today, 120-win team? 120-win team. Hanser Alberto, the mascot of the Los Angeles Dodgers. No, but look, that is the big storyline. If I'm looking at this team beyond just the service-level storyline, it's the NRI guys, the depth pieces that can come up and be bullpen guys. The the number five star, the Gavin Stone types, like the James Paxons, those kind of those kind of storylines as well. So Ricky Venasco is absolutely somebody excited about though. Yeah, no, he looked really sharp. He looked really good. Dave Roberts had really high things to say about him, which is always a really good sign. And this is someone who, yeah, I mean, I expect him to make an impact, you know, maybe earlier in the season. I mean, obviously last year the Dodgers used I'm gonna try to do a quick math here. What is this? 36, 36 different pitchers last year. That's kind of quick math right there. Crazy. That's a lot of pitchers. You know, you start with 13, you get to 36. That's a lot of turnovers. And there are a lot of guys. I mean, some of these names that you know they came up for a little bit. You know, maybe got a little cup of coffee, and that's what it is. I mean, there are gonna be guys like that. And Ricky Venasco would be one of those guys where I might get a quick cup of coffee, but you know, if he keeps playing well, again, he's gonna make it hard for him to get sent back down. So he had a really good debut today for this 2024 season, and. He's someone to watch in that bullpen where, you know, maybe he makes that eighth roster spot if, you know, Daniel Hudson, Blake Trine, and Jamie Fires, these guys are all coming back from injury. You know, they're supposed to be ready, but you never know. And Ricky Venasco's a name is going to continue to make noise in camp. And don't be surprised to see him maybe sneak into that 26th spot when they go to Korea. Look, I think that they internally think highly of him because of, I mean, first of all, he's nasty. I mean, you just look at that arm side run. It, I don't want to say it reminds me of Dustin May, but... Makes you miss Dustin May. And he's someone that's not a two-pitch pitcher, right? You got a fastball, curveball, you got slider, work inside the zone. He's confident. So, yeah, Ricky Venasco is definitely someone to keep your eyes on, someone to familiarize yourself with. Diego Cartaya talked a little bit a couple of days ago to you about uh, some of the young pitchers. And some of these guys, yeah, they're not household names. But as you mentioned, in the blink of an eye, Look, I mean, Eliezer Hernandez, I think, could do something for this team. I think that we talk about Chrisman a lot on this show. Jesse Hahn. About Jesse Hahn. I spoke to him, and he seemed like someone who was really hungry to make an impact on this team. And yeah, he's two years removed from a sub-2 ERA with the Royals, and I think it was 18 appearances out of the bullpen. I mean, this is somebody who could easily make an impact. He hasn't played in the big league since 2021, but he seemed really excited to be in a major league bullpen. He seemed really hungry to help this team win. He said he wanted to come here because he wanted to win. He wanted to, you know, he obviously, he said, I see what the Dodgers do, you know, revitalizing careers, but I want to win. I mean, he said, I want to win. And this team is built to do that. He's someone, I mean, again, here are some of these names who made impacts, or who made appearances last year out of the bullpen. Like we got Andre Jackson, we got Gus Varland, Nick Robertson, Brian Hudson, Wander Suero, Taylor Scott, Dylan Covey, Tyson Miller, 
uh, Tyler Sire, uh, Adam Kolarek, Jake Reed. These are guys who pitched last year for the Dodgers that, like, those are just very small appearances that come up, they get DFA, maybe they come back, they get DFA. But now you're replacing that with guys like maybe Ricky Benasco, maybe, you know, other guys of that nature, Jesse Hahn, Eliezer Hernandez. These are guys who could really make an impact. And you never know. Again, they come up, they got five, four or five scoreless appearances. All of a sudden, they're candidates to really help this team. So it's, it's exciting about all this pitching depth. And the beautiful thing about this too, Noah, is that you're not going to hit all these guys, but you get enough of these lottery <laughs> tickets. You hit on one, you hit on two of these guys on minor league deals, on the kind of contracts that they're on, it's money in the bank. It's found money underneath your couch cushions, I mean, right? That, that's Ryan Brazier. Last year, Ryan Brazier was that hitting the lottery. I mean, that was someone who they signed that minor league deal and it was either May or June. It's like, oh yeah, this guy used to be good. He struggled with Boston. Will we see him? Who knows? All of a sudden, he makes his way to the roster. All of a sudden, he's their best with all of a sudden 0.70 ERA and 39 appearance. And all of a sudden, they re-signed him to a two-year deal this year because he was just that dominant and that's the kind of thing that you, you're taking a chance on these minor league deals for pitchers, which need pitching depth, and they turn into something. And all of a sudden, you have a multi-year deal with a reliever who's going to be a key piece of your bullpen. I mean, it's that easy. It's that simple. And the Dodgers have more than enough options for those lottery tickets. They just need one of them to hit. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's where you want to get excited. Yeah, get excited. Get excited. juiced. I mean, look at that. juiced about it. It's an hour time with these minor league pitches, and I'll, I'm here I'll for spend it. spend 10 hours uh, 10 hours. We're going to be on the show. Let's let's go until the tomorrow's game. Let's do it. Let's hey, let's go wall to wall. Let's just wall. talk about every pitcher in that making bullpen. so much noise upstairs. I'm not going to sleep let's, anyway. Let's talk about Chris Owings, man. Right? I mean, yeah. This guy had a great game. I Chris mean, Owings did have a great game. I mean, and I think that he's one of those guys, too. I mean, I'm excited, man. Like Yanni Hernandez. I mean, guys like that where you you have to consider the depth of your organization because you don't want a massive drop off if something happens and look when getting back to kind of the minor league thing and what the dodgers are doing their philosophy with all this is they're going out there and they're saying look for these guys the way you can evaluate them they go out there and they pitch one inning right and then you can see what you have in them if they're good you go to the next start you go to the next appearance, right? If they build on that, okay, let's have them prove to us again. You don't really do it with hitters, right? Nah. You're not going to start some guy, give him one or two at-bats. It doesn't work like that from position players. You can do this, what the Dodgers do with these bullpen pieces because they say, yeah, not working. Oh, well, we got the we got goodbye. On to the next one. And we got that other guy that's ready and that we're developing and we're giving him all the – biomechanical data and we're telling you let you be you that's one thing that all these pitchers tell me that's one the one common thread is that what the dodgers do is they find out what you're best at as far as whatever pitch is effective for you gets lefties or righties if you're not throwing a pitch more than they think you should maybe they'll do that but they still want you to be you that's what jesse Hahn said to you. you kind of asked him you're like you know, what are, what are you kind of want to ask him like what are kind of some of the things that they're working on is it like the biomechanical stuff is it analytics and he goes I mean, honestly, when I came in, they said, we want you to be you. you know, we want to make you be yourself and us find the way to make you the best version of yourself, which is not something that everyone's ever, ever told them before. And he could, okay, like, I love this mindset. And then, yeah, they use analytics. They use biomechanical. They use all these things to help you be you. But the root of it is you need to be yourself. And you're going to be the best version of yourself when you're with the Dodgers. And when you wear that Dodgers jersey, you're going to play above what you thought you could play. And that's how the Dodgers continue to just crank out these really good players that kind of Maybe not have heard of before they joined the Dodgers. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I see some comments down here talking about Chris Owings. A lot of love for people talking about our hotel room. Owings. It's clean. Yeah. What are your theories I, as to? I saw somebody say we got a Johnny Rockets thing back here. They think the rest of our hotel is messy. It's not. We've done a very nice job of keeping it clean here. We are we are not messy people. But yes, that drink right here is from yesterday. 
We have not moved it yet. At this point, it's good luck because the Dodgers are 1-0 and when that drink is there. So I think I'm going to leave it there until, leave it there. until November. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they don't. Uh, hopefully I'll move that until November because it, it it's good luck right now. Here's a comment. we got Carter Miss Lunar Activity. Lance Lynn, 8 max. Muncie, okay. We got uh, hunger. Owings was great today. Padres will finish in fourth in the NOS thanks to the Rockies. Possible. We have over under six beers, 222-24. D-Mac, hey, man, I'm going to crush some beers. I think I definitely need to, definitely, like I said, I need to hydrate. We got uh, two queen beds. (laughs) Wait a minute. The answer is yes. You see what two, no, this is, uh, we have, this is, we have separate rooms. We have separate rooms. We're not sharing a room. Okay, it's a cot. And we're going the thing where the legs he's, he's and the lying. head are reversed. He's lying. That's just one cut. Wait, here's legs he, and head are reversed. You guys did, have done no, it with your cousins. Okay. What? First of all, no. Second Sleepovers. Of all, second of all, someone's going to believe you out there. And to the people watching, he's lying. I just <laughs> want to make that very, very, very clear. He's lying. I don't. Someone's going to believe you. That's not true. We do have our own rooms. Although we are enjoying our time together. We had a very nice time in Camelback Ranch these last few days. It's been a lot of fun. We've done a lot of great things. A lot of great content for you guys. It's going to be dropping on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel as well. That's DodgersNation.com. A lot of good things. But, yes, we're having a great time. We're keeping the room clean. And we're watching these Dodgers, man. They look good. And Otani hasn't even played yet. Yamamoto hasn't even pitched yet. Tyler Glasnow hasn't even pitched yet. He pitches on Saturday. Freddie Freeman hasn't played yet. I saw someone ask about the lineup. Hasn't been posted yet. It'll be posted tomorrow morning. If I had to guess, a lot of the regulars who weren't in today are going to be in tomorrow and flip. So expect to see Freddie Freeman out there. Expect to see Max Muncie out there. Expect to see who am I missing? Maybe Jason Award out there. Expect to see maybe someone like Manuel Margot out there. Um, Will Smith should be in there probably, unless you want to go to Fiducia. But I mean, these are the kind of guys that are probably going to switch off a little bit. Um, so something like that. No, that's like the big thing. I mean, we know the guys that weren't there are going to be in there. It's going to be and a flip. You saw Mookie Betts in there. I think Max Muncie. Is someone who's itching to get his opportunities and get that swing where it needs to be. Chris Owings, I think one thing I want to point out about him is this guy is freaking resilient. I mean, just look at his baseball. I mean, it's appeared in each of the last 11 seasons, and he has eight years and 57 days of service time. So it'd be kind of cool if he got to that 10 years of service time so he could be fully so invested. Eight, right eight years. In 57 the days. But uh, he's going to have to get that big league service time. Though. I mean, yeah, no, he's going to have to make so. his way up to the big league roster. Yeah. But again, you look like he's, he's played 140 games in the past in the last in the past five years combined. I mean, he's grinding. He's, gr- he's so, grinding. So, yeah, like I said, the point I'm trying to make is that this is someone who the Dodgers are probably a little familiar with, of course, because of the teams he has been on, of course, and he was with the Pirates, Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. I mean, He's someone that uh, last year, 11 games in 2020 through the Pirates, four for 25, all singles, 12 strikeouts, no walks. Those aren't good numbers. But, hey, but Triple A, a, though. He already has a two-run hit. The- Triple A, show some pop, though. Triple A slash 241, 349, 449 with 15 bombs and 371 plate appearances. For his career, a 239 hitter in almost 2,500 plate appearances. But the thing about him is he's played – Every single position outside of catcher and first base. So most of that has been as a middle infielder. Love yeah, their versatility. He's somebody provides. Um, I saw a comment saying any love for Jose Ramos from Lance. Yeah, Jose Ramos two run double today. Uh, really good at bat. He went one for two with that double. I mean, he's another one of these guys who just so much untapped potential. And you know, these Dodgers top thirty prospects. Yeah, he had a really great. There are a lot of Dodgers prospects, young players, even Cody Hoji. 
think I'm saying that right? Like Cody Hoji. Cody Hoji. Yeah. He had a great game. I mean, like a lot of these young guys. Just I mean, he had a, Cody Hoji got a two run double. But yeah, that uh, Jose Ramos two run double. I think he may have been doing some of those interviews when he hit that two run double. But I know you saw it after the fact. But I mean, he looked. Yeah, great I too. mean, for him, it's he's one of those guys that scouts will say he's toolsy, right? The fact that he do a lot of things on the diamond. You look at the way he can hit, when he can run, he can throw, he can do all kinds of things out there. So yeah, Jose Ramos is someone that has a lot of potential, and I think. He's one of those guys where the upside is high, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's, to me, what I'm looking at is these younger guys, the opportunities, the Pajeses, the Ramoses of the world, not those super-duper high one or two prospects or anything like that, but ones that, look, if everything breaks right, you could see them as legitimate big leaders. Because let's not forget, I was talking to someone from Baseball America last season, and look, the vast majority of these prospects don't work out. They do not. That's just the fact. It is a numbers game. There's only been a little over 20,000 players in the history of Major League Baseball, okay? Nothing. Less than 800 players do this professionally, right? So you get caught up with these names, and it's almost like the backup quarterback situation, right? It's the mystery of them. It's the potential newness and what they can do. But guys that emerge and take advantage of it and hit the ground running, they stick, and some guys won't. But I think that... For sure that there's a lot of bright spots with this organization. Rombos is one. Owings is more of a guy that he's going to provide depth at the AAA level, and then maybe we'll see him on another team. I mean, yeah, I he'll probably go on. I mean, the Jake Lamb types, right? The Kevin Pillar's yeah. like those guys that, I mean, Pillar got his opportunity, hurt his shoulder, but like you just don't know if he's going to get his opportunity because of the depth that they have. And look, I think Chris Taylor, he's been banged up last couple of seasons, but he is going to be a true utility this season. And if the season starts right now, he's coming off the bench and he's splitting time. You'll, I think you'll see him in right a little bit too. I think you'll see him – look, I as I don't care what they're saying about Altman. I think you're going to see Margot play some center. I think so, so I think Chris Taylor will get his opportunities, and that's just how it always is. But when it comes to Owings, it's definitely good to have that kind of depth. Yeah, I got two things I want to say. First of all, we got carnivorous lunar activities that DMAC wakes up in the middle of night screaming batting averages. Can confirm. Can <laughs> confirm DMAC does do that. But second of all, another guy who, you know, we could see tomorrow, we could see Saturday, really excited to see is one Miguel Vargas. I mean, this guy's working in left yes. field. The doc has raved about the work he's put in in the fielding. You spoke to Miguel Vargas. He said last year was very much a mental thing for him. And he's kind of over that hump. And the one thing I think this guy needs more than anyone is a really good spring. Honestly, last year, he hurt his, I believe it was the fractured thumb or pinky. It was one of those. And he can't swing for a while. And he gets off to that slow start. But this year, he's healthy. He's trying out a new position. And we all know that he has the bat. We, we know that that's his number one tool. And I would love to see nothing more than Miguel Vargas to rake this spring and also be one of those guys who makes it hard for Dave Roberts to keep him off the rock, keep him off the roster. Right now, there's not a clear spot for Vargas. He's, he's the 27th He's the 14th, he's yeah. 14th offensive guy. Yeah. He's the 27th man. But, you know, if he goes out here and rakes, hits 400, something like that, gets on base, drives in runs, maybe shows a little bit of power. I mean, this is someone who last year we were all very high on. The injury did not help, but this guy's still 24 years old. Still 24 So this is someone I'm really excited to see this spring. And I really think there's no one I want to have a better spring in terms of just kind of getting shaken off some of that rust than Miguel Vargas because yeah. this guy has untapped potential and I really want to see him get off to a hot start and kind of get get rid of those mental issues from last year. 100%. And we spoke to Miguel a couple of days ago and the one thing that 
really stood out to me in talking to him was, look, last season, there was a lot of pressure on him so much. because he was the rookie in the offseason. They had him at all the Dodgers events. They were billing him to be that next guy. It was a little bit of a passing of the torch as far as that rookie that they wanted to see take that opportunity and run with it and be that dude. And unfortunately, he struggled defensively. He was a below average defender. I believe it was a negative seven outs above average. And I asked him, I said, hey, do you consider the outfield a home for you? And he said, yes. And the fact that he says, okay, it's not a doubt anymore. I'm not going to try to be a second baseman. I'm not going to be a third baseman. I'm not going to be a first baseman. I'm going to be an outfielder. You fine tune that skill and you hang your hat on what you do best. He was never going to be in the big leagues because of his defense. He was going to be in the big leagues because of his bat. And this is someone when it comes to bat to ball skills, it is extremely advanced. And all he did last season when he went back down was rake. And I think that he simplified his swing. He told me he kind of got back to his roots a little more east-west with the swing, covering the plate. I do love that. <laughs> and he's someone that you look at next season, Teoscar Hernandez, he's got, look, I'll tell you right now, unless they want to pay him big, this is a one-year business trip. Enjoy him for one year because the odds are, never say never, and I won't say never, but the odds are is he's going to have a great year for the Dodgers, and then he's going to sign a nice multi-year deal with another team, a contender. And just to be clear, the Dodgers know that. Like The Dodgers knew that when they signed him, that that was kind of a deal with him. I think Teoscar knew that when he signed it. And yeah, it's a one-year deal for him to absolutely rake in Los Angeles. He didn't cut you off there. You keep going. No, man. I like the bang-bang, actually. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at next season, Teoscar is gone. Margot will pick up his club option, right? There's an outfield spot. Jay Hayes on a one-year deal. There are outfield opportunities, and they see, like I said, 24 years old, born on November 17th, 1999. So he lived through Y2K, right? How did we ever live? How did we ever get through that? But lived through Y2K, yeah. So anyways, um, I definitely think that Miguel Vargas is someone you don't want to sell all your stock in, and I think that this organization internally, they would prefer to keep their hands on him and to not trade him and not move off him because of, what he has the potential to be next season. I mean, season. yeah, look at it. They traded away Michael Bush. They traded away Johnny DeLuca. Those are two prospects. And Michael Bush, they were also playing the outfield with Vargas this year because, again, there wasn't much room in the infield. So those are two, we'll call them outfield prospects, that were maybe maybe right ahead of Vargas, maybe right on the level of Vargas. They're now gone. So now, in terms of those outfield prospects, it's Vargas, it's Pajes, but Vargas is the number one guy. And like we say, he's 27th man on this roster right now. If anyone gets hurt on those 13 position players, besides from catcher, Vargas is going to be the first guy up, assuming he has a good spring. So I think yeah, for him, it's the mental side of things. And we all know about that bat. We know he raked in AAA. You know, spring training is maybe a little bit of a better AAA, but you know, he might not be facing big league pitching every time he goes out there, especially early in yeah. spring. So this is a perfect time for him to be around a big league club and rake and see that he can do it and then just take off from there. He hit seven home runs, okay? Lux hit six a couple years yeah, ago. He wasn't even right? bad. He, he had wasn't four, perfect. He had a four-hit game as a rookie, okay? And look, I always say all the time, anytime someone says, no, oh, he flashed, that flash is another word for inconsistent, right? But in young players, I want to see signs of solid and glimpses of great. That's a glimpse of great, right? That's a glimpse of great. Four-hit game. So, like I said, he's not to look. I mean, yes, sub-200 batting average, but the on-base – He's dealing with injuries early on, had the pinky injury. So do not sell your stock on Miguel Vargas. Another guy I want to talk hey, about. a new number. A new number. A new number. It's a fresh start. He's wearing 27. He's wearing Matt Kemp's number. He's wearing 27. And if you're wearing Matt Kemp's number, you better rank. Did Miguel Vargas, did Joe Kelly give Miguel Vargas a Porsche 
Um, for I, 17 because if he know, didn't that's kind of messed up I think, I'm just saying I think, I'm just saying I think through the transit of property Otani has to give Vargas a Porsche for initially giving up the 17 we gotta have, have, have a Porsche train I love the transit of property but it always messes me up when I'm trying to pick like NFL games you know what I mean it doesn't oh, work like, like that, that team beat that yeah, team it doesn't work like that Never. Work, every that. game has its own DNA it's well, like, own I wasn't talking about games when I said it so okay sorry I mean, I'm uh, as Porsches, a side yeah. as a side but so by the way uh, Otani has a really sweet Nardo gray Porsche. Yeah, he has a lot of Porsches. He has a lot of Porsches, but my also, man, he's got he, great taste also, in vehicles. When, when we were in the locker room and we were doing the interview with Otani, I, I noticed he has that note that Miguel Rojas wrote him from the wine. He has it taped in his, in his locker. I think that's one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Adorable. I mean, like, he really has is. it taped in his locker and pretty much he sees it every day. If, if that's not cute, I, I, I don't know. Look, Otani is absolutely doing the Body. best he possibly can for someone who has as big of a super as he can. To blend in and be one of the guys. He really and is. It's really amazing sight to see. Other cars, by the way, Max Muncy drives a big truck. Today I was surprised to see conversation Mookie Betts drives a huge truck. Those big, like, Silverado type, like, massive truck. I'm going to talk about Mookie Betts, though. He also could just be a rental. There, could be a know? rental. Well, that's possible. He has limited Arizona. Yeah. But I mean, he's still driving that truck. But I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably got enough talk. Yeah. Yeah. Really quickly, Richard Flores, 199 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Richard, for tuning in. Barnes ABs, wow, seen better swings in a park. Heck, it's spring training for everybody. I know that the Barnes AB stands out because every other runner got on base that inning, but it's spring training. Now, I mean, obviously, it's fun to hate. It's fun to, you know, as you would say, point out the pinball on a model in terms of the Dodgers' first inning. But heck, Austin Barnes, he brings tons of value in many different ways. He's been huge for the young pitchers. Yeah. Uh, on that Ricky Venasco uh, thought when you asked Dave Roberts about him, he said Austin's been really big with him in helping him out. So he did. Austin, that was the first that was name the, that came the, out of his the mouth. The first thing yeah. he said is Austin's been great with him. Yeah. So Austin Barnes has tons literally of potential Austin in the Barnes helping young pitchers develop is definitely better as far as his value. But look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Not having a backup catcher that you can rely upon to hit definitely overly taxes Will Smith. But yeah, like I said. Going inside that clubhouse tomorrow, I'm not going to say too much about Austin Barnes because I do think that he brings tons of value. Brings in tons of value. So many ways he that fans does. aren't going to notice because he went over two in a box score. You know, yeah. that's kind of all that. That's kind of all you have to say about Austin Barnes. And the fact that the first name out of Doc's mouth when he asked about Ricky Benasco was Austin, I think that's everything you need to know about his value to this team. And again, it's not going to be in that box score. And again, we're talking about a first game of spring training here. I mean, there is no need to point out an over two spring training game. I mean, it, it means absolutely nothing, right? Yeah, now. Uh, no doubt about it. Look, the thing is. If you are someone who maybe there's some questions about, are you a legitimate big league hitter? Are you a legitimate guy that can hit big league pitching consistently to justify yourself? Well, you better do something great. And for him, it's his ability to call games, game plan, develop, team chemistry guy, and then Clayton Edward Kershaw's BFF. So that's all there is to it. That's an important thing. It's as still it's something it's relevant. It's relevant, and it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, he could have gone to the Rangers, back. but yeah. he's back with the Dodgers. He could, oh my so, goodness! I mean, he, oh my you spoke goodness. to Chris Young. If you haven't seen that video, by the way, on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, we caught up with uh, Rangers GM Chris Young at yeah. the GM meetings. Asked him about all the Kershaw stuff. Really good stuff. Super quick. So highly recommend you watch that when the show's over. Absolutely, absolutely. We got some funny stories to talk about that one when we come back. We'll get, we got we got some stories from spring training that we're going to do. Maybe next yeah, week. We've, seen, we've, we had a, we've had a lot of fun stuff. That yeah, we've seen. a lot of we've fun done. stuff. And uh, it's really fun. If you guys haven't come out here, by the way, highly recommend coming out to spring training to come watch a game. The energy at Camelback Ranch right now is beyond electric. You know, tomorrow's going to be the home opener in terms of you know, Camelback Ranch. We are very excited to see what it looks like. 
Doug is going to be up in the press box. I'm going to be kind of hanging out with the fans. That's chill over there. Doug's going to be hanging out. I'm going to be hanging out with the fans. And you know, if you, if you are there, come find me. We're going to be doing some fan interviews. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely come find me if you're there. Um, but if you haven't come out, highly recommend you do it. This is a great chance to see Otani before you got to spend a lot of money to see him at Dodger Stadium. No doubt about it. Let's dive into the comments, Noah. We got to Grayson, who is likely to start the games in Korea spring training games. And well, this guy, this guy right here asked Dave the big question at the GM meeting. He got a lot of props for asking that question. He said, who's going to be starting those games? Is it kind of a Yamamoto? Is he kind of locked in? And Dave said it's a, quote, do the safe day bet. I'm going to do the day I don't know, okay. Yeah. He said it's a safe bet that – uh-oh, we moved our camera. He said it's a safe bet – uh-oh, following me. He said it's a safe bet that Yamamoto is going to start one of those games. And then another question was asked about Tyler Glass now. Safe bet he's going to start the other one. So – and here's the thing. Look, a lot of times during spring training, it's a long period of time. You want to kind of lengthen the stories to kind of get them out there. But, I mean, why beat around the bush, right? Why wait until There's late no March? I mean, the, the, yeah. what's the difference between doing it now and in two weeks? Yeah. Right now? I mean, Can you imagine? Oh, they paid Bobby's going to be the guy. Yeah, no, they no. paid $325 you better be your damn, for Yamamoto. Yeah. Okay, let's relax. They paid $136.5 million for Tyler Glass now. If those guys aren't your game they one. They better be your okay, damn. Okay. If those guys aren't your game one and game two starters in Korea, then what was the point of spending all that money? You know, health, you know, being the most important factor. And, you know, obviously the, the quicker ramp up's not ideal, but they're getting ramped up too. Glass now starting on Saturday. Yamamoto's already thrown a live VP, his ne- two live VPs. His next start is going to be a Cactus League game. So maybe four or five days from now, these guys are going to be on track. Let's just, uh, I think Brandon Gomes was it who said he wants him to be up or maybe Andrew Freeman wanted to be like the five inning, 75 pitch kind of range when they get to Korea. That's going to be perfect. So yep. if it's not those guys, it's because knock on wood, something happened. For that sure. They weren't, and that's you know, it. Fully that's the up. only way. Got some comments here. Alex, I'm over Barnes. Great guy. Great leader. Great for the clubhouse. Can't hit a ball to save his life. Someone else saying Barnes a water boy. You guys are being rough on Barnes. Can Barnes please turn into Jake Taylor this year? Great reference right there. Major League. Definitely a top three baseball movie. What are your top three baseball movies? You can drop those down below. Think about Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor went on to be a great manager. And then he went back and he got back together with the love of his life. And they lived heavily, happily ever after. But I love Jake Taylor. We got uh, Motion sensor more late night streams from Alex. We're having Thank fun. you, guys. We appreciate how we're Yeah, we appreciate you guys. As yeah, always, we've been you guys. Up, we've been up since like 6 a.m. You know, why don't you talk time. about this real quick? I want to dive in. We're talking about Mookie Betts. You don't want to miss to talk about Mookie Betts, but Mr. Noah Cameras, he was the man at Angels Camp today. I, I, want, I want to talk to Ron Washington, talk to tons and tons and tons of players. But just kind of what I ask you is you've been to Dodgers Camp all week. You've seen Otani, Yamamoto, the media, the Japanese media. It feels like the Bulls in the 90s. Or <laughs> I, would, I would imagine that would feel like. What was the difference in the feeling at the Angels camp where they lost Otani? They're in the post-Otani era versus Dodgers camp. Yeah, I mean, I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to, you know, like trash on the Angels when I say anything. I'm saying I'm just kind of painting the picture. There were about 20, 25 fans there. I mean, there's like 20 fans waiting in line for the bathroom at the Camelback Ranch. Thank you for that laugh. It's kind of fake, but I'll take it. No, it's kind of real-ish. But no, there was about like 20, 25 fans total the access was crazy in the sense that I kind of just like walked onto the field. I'm pretty sure I could have picked up a bat maybe. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously that's a joke. Get him a jersey. I mean, honestly, I don't know. But no, it's just like, it's very different. And I, I even asked, I asked them, there were three reporters there, four reporters. And I kind of asked them like, obviously I know it's different, but like how different is it? And they said, I mean, there's only three of us here. Last year there were 40 people here. It's just, it's a very different vibe. And you know, it's not a bad thing. I mean, again, the Dodgers are spoiled and we're spoiled to be covering the Dodgers in the sense that 
that's kind of the that's not the norm for covering a baseball team. I mean, when you look at a team like the Angels, and that's more the norm when you think of all these thirty teams in the league. I mean, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox. I mean, those are the teams that have that those huge fan bases are going to have crazy spring trains, but for the most part, a lot of the other teams are going to be like the Angels in that sense. And no, it was a great experience. The players there, honestly, I mean, not that there's an Angel show, but they have a lot of good confidence in that clubhouse. You know, it's obviously a different vibe, but they looked like they were kind of really feeling good. I asked a lot of them what their goals were, and they said make the playoffs. They said win a championship. I said, you think this team can do it? They said, of course. So you got to love that confidence. There were a lot of former Dodgers in that clubhouse. Who did I see? Willie Calhoun, former mm. top prospect. There's Adam Kolarek. I talked to Jake Marisnik. He was a Dodger for a short bit last year. Um, Marisnik. Yeah, so there are a few former Dodgers in there, but no, I mean it's it's nice to see that they have the confidence, but it is just a it's a crazy crazy contrast when I was at Dodgers camp on Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, swarmed with fans. I mean, crazy amount of media, and then you go to Angels camp, and it's like it, it feels a little more like a ghost town. But again, not 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 hating on it, it's just a very different. Yeah, vibe. and that's just the reality that they're living with. I mean, the perspective of that is seeing a franchise that's almost I don't want to say healing, but it's, it's I mean, anytime you have to accept the fact that you lost the best player possibly ever in his absolute prime when you had him for six years you weren't able to have a winning record okay and you're left with guys that hate baseball like anthony randone but look just being at some of these live vps just look at some of these bullpen sessions i know it's a very small detail but having tons and tons of fans there it's very different it's so different i mean when 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 Otani was taking his live BP yesterday, it, it felt like we were at Dodger Stadium for a game. I mean, like obviously it's, it's Daniel Hudson versus Otani, and then it was who was the second pitcher? Or Yarbrough? Yeah, yeah Yarbrough yeah. versus Otani, and like you kind of like look around and there are phones out. There's like a sense of like what's about to happen. Like everyone's kind of on the edge of their seat for a home run. It almost feels like you're at a Dodger Stadium game or at least like a, a scrimmage or something. I mean, and with that being a live BP in spring training, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, and just being at Yamamoto's bullpen today, yeah. Yamamoto is someone that it's electric. Yamamoto is someone that has such an inner confidence knowing that, yeah, you can teach me how to do this. He knows, he does not need very much fine-tuning at all whatsoever. Will Smith told me that his splitter has the potential to be one of the best in the game, possibly the best, and that it's not quite there yet. And it's going to take some time to really just get it where he wants it to be but just seeing him on the mound, it's the repeatability of his delivery and his mechanics that every single – I could show you 20 different pitches, and then if you can't see the pitch, you just see the delivery, you could think they're all exactly <laughs> the same. That's how consistent he is. And just kind of getting back to your point about the fans and the camera phones and everything like that, Jason Hayward, he struck out twice today because on Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and after he strikes out, it gets quiet. It's silent. And I'm not saying these guys are getting embarrassed or anything. It's a part of the process, right? The pitchers are ahead of the hitters, always, right? They always are. But still, there's a pride. And there's a reason. There's, these guys only get this level because their inner competitive spirit is at such a level that's off the charts. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's cool to hear that from Noah, just the differences between Angels Camp, which is like Spirit Airlines, probably actually probably a Greyhound bus. It's like, probably, it's like it's probably the plane from Major League, right? That plane that's where the – the pain is being held together by duct tape versus a private jet, right? It's a big difference here. But I think also Mookie Betts at second base, I thought it was very interesting. And we're going to wrap this show real quick here. But Mookie Betts playing second, this feels like we already knew this is permanent. It's, and it's, I love what he said. He said he doesn't even have his right fielder glove. 12%. And the other one, <laughs> the right fielder glove has gold on it. 
and uh, he's trying to get gold on the second base glove. A couple more comments here. We're going to uh, head out because our battery is running a little low, it's literally been, really and figuratively. Yeah, we have to go about long. And uh, we've been we up got, for the last uh, 16 hours. Yeah, we got, we got people, Barnes, AB's wow. So we yeah, got, we got, okay, we got that one. Ron Washington can the Angels around, just needs yeah. support. I Adam spoke to Ron. Love, love hearing from him. He, he seemed really excited about this year. I Ron is the man. Got some, I want to read these real quick. Yeah, you go back. Uh, I'll stop talking. No, no. Metabolic baseball uh, movie list is Bad News Bears, Major League Moneyball. Really good list. I rate that uh, A for sure. Clip that Noah's hands on shoulder. Yeah, oh, okay. So this, the camera like moves. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, Jason Frey, Major League Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. Oh, I would Jason have that. Frey. What about writers? I love Jason Frey. I Jason, I would have. I love your list. So I give it an A. Only thing I would flip out when I would take out Field of Dreams and put in Moneyball, but I have Field of Dreams right there in the top five. Um, Sandlot, best baseball movie. Bad News Bears, definitely a fantastic movie. Bench warmers don't sleep on that as well. But thank you so much, guys, for rocking with us here on Dodgers Dugout Live. We're going to race after the show like Kirsten and Mookie Betts. We'll see who wins. By the way, that was pretty cool, Kirsten beating Mookie. I don't think I could beat anyone. Maybe Jonathan Broxton or someone like that today. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.